0: Hey, Faithful Listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. How was your guys' 4th of July? I was able to take a couple days off and just relax. It was very nice, and the sun was out, and it was beautiful, and it was humid and hot, And I worked out in my garden and I, uh, I actually have this flower garden in the front of my yard that actually came with the house when we bought it. Well, anyway, because I don't really care about it, it has overgrown with the craziest weeds you will ever see. So mostly it is weeds with a few like rose bushes thrown in there and I've given up on it over time. So I've been trying to get the rose bushes completely out and like start from scratch, In my flower garden area. But I came across this thistle that was so big around. Like it was probably the size, I would say even bigger than like the size of my fist all the way around. Like it was huge. I've never seen a thistle grow that much. But that was what I worked on over the 4th of July weekend. As well as I went to a little parade in my town. It was very cute. It was the first time I ever went. And of course, they had all the floats with the bunting and the 4th of July colors, and they were throwing candy to the kids. And it was very cute. And here's my husband. He's like, Jen, don't lie. You want to go up there and get the candy with the kids. And I'm just like, oh, absolutely. I would throw those kids out of my way to get that candy from those floats. (laughs) My husband's like, I'm just going to pretend I don't know who you are. (laughs) Of course, I didn't do that. Or did I? (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter 18. And I'm going to read two chapters once again today, Joshua 18 and 19. But I'm not going to read actually everything in the chapters. Mostly, I'm just going to be doing an overview of each chapter, because almost everything is talking about the divvying up of the land between the last seven tribes who didn't get the land. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 of Joshua 18 to start, and then I'm going to give an overview of the rest of the land. Now, of course, like I always say, even though I don't read it on the podcast, please go back and read it yourself and actually take a look at the map that I have linked in the description of this podcast. And if you look at the map, as well as reading along, you're gonna see where each of these little cities are on a map of Israel. So check all that out, but let's go ahead and read one through 10 today of Joshua 18. I'll be reading out the W.E.B., The whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled themselves together at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land was subdued before them. Seven tribes remained among the children of Israel, which had not yet divided their inheritance. Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go in and possess the land which Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has given you? Appoint for yourselves three men from each tribe. I will send them, and they shall arise, walk through the land, and describe it according to their inheritance, and they shall come to me. They shall divide it into the seven portions. Judah shall live in his borders on the south, and the house of Joseph shall live in their borders on the north. You shall survey the land into seven parts, and bring the description here to me, and I will cast lots for you here before Yahweh our God. However, the Levites have no portion among you, for the priesthood of Yahweh is their inheritance. Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance east of the Jordan, which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, gave them. The men arose and went. Joshua commanded those who went to survey the land, saying, Go walk through the land, survey it, and come again to me. I will cast lots for you here before Yahweh in Shiloh. The men went and passed through the land and surveyed it by cities into seven portions in a book. They came to Joshua to the camp at Shiloh. Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before Yahweh. There Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. So the first thing you're going to notice when you read verse one is that the tent of meeting had finally gotten put up in a place permanently, and it was in Shiloh. Here's what it says. The whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled themselves together at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land was subdued before them. So the Israelites go in and they take Shiloh for themselves. And Shiloh was a city in Ephraim. We talked about Ephraim and Manasseh on Monday, actually, and how they had some trouble taking the land for themselves and they got a little bit lazy and they just weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. But nonetheless, Manasseh and Ephraim were the two half-tribes of Joseph. Technically, they were really just the tribe of Joseph. And so the tribe of Joseph got their inheritance and because the tribe of Joseph was considered to be very blessed by both Moses and Jacob so many years before, they got their inheritance and they got the awesome honor of being able to have the tent of meeting set up in one of their cities in Shiloh, which once again was in the tribe of Ephraim or the tribe of Joseph. And so that's kind of cool that the the tent of meeting finally gets put up permanently. It was no longer moving around. And this kind of shows that it was finally time for the Israelites to really settle in. Joshua is getting pretty old at this point. He was already old by the time he led Israel, but he's getting to be very old at this point, And it's just time for Israel to settle in. I mean, even the Ten of Meeting, even the Holy Spirit was settled in at a place. And what's also cool about Shiloh actually is it was prophesied about by uh, Jacob, actually. Jacob, when he was initially blessing all of his sons, had said that great things were going to happen in Shiloh, actually, which is kind of cool. And so, of course, the tenant meeting gets set up in the city of Shiloh. So seven tribes remained among the children of Israel, which had not yet divided their inheritance. So there's seven tribes here that were very complacent and very comfortable not taking their portions of land they were happy to just live among the other tribes and live off of the other tribes inheritances because remember judah already took their land not to mention half of the tribe of manasseh and also the tribe of reuben and the tribe of gad had already taken their inheritances and i'm forgetting one who am i forgetting Oh, yeah, the the, <laughs> the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, what we talked about on Monday, they also took their inheritance, though it took them also some some time to get out of their complacency and their laziness to fully take that land and stop complaining to, uh, to Joshua that they didn't... Um, They didn't have enough land because Joshua was like, well, you don't have enough land because you're not going and taking it. So go do it. Don't just complain to me about it. So anyway, they did do that. They did take their land. That's what we talked about on Monday. But there were seven more tribes now that kind of fell into even a more advanced laziness than what Manasseh and Ephraim had done, because at least Manasseh and Ephraim did do some work. But now these other seven tribes were just super happy to live off of what they already had because they had gone to war. They had gone to battle. They got a lot of, I guess, spoils from the war. So they were pretty happy and they were pretty comfortable. Not to mention, they were probably very happy to just live among the tribes that had already taken their portion of the land. (laughs) They had no urgency, I guess, to go out and take their land. But this was wrong because God wanted all of the Israelite tribes to go out and to take their land land. God was giving it to them. And so imagine like God giving you something and you just refusing to receive it out of laziness. Like, And that's kind of what the Israelites here were doing. They weren't taking that free gift that God was giving them of this land. Now, of course, there would be some work that they had to do on their part to take the land. But imagine how much better it was going to be than just living off of their neighbors without any purpose, how much better would it be to have their own land that they could farm and have their own jobs and their own purposes to go and do stuff? So now that the Ten of Meeting is finally settled in and there's a place for it, which happened to be Shiloh. And by the way, God had said that he was going to choose the place. And so clearly Shiloh was chosen. I don't know how God chose the place. I don't know what he did. Maybe he told Joshua directly, like, hey, put my tent meeting in Shiloh, because we did see that God had spoken to Joshua before. So maybe that happened, or maybe, just maybe they used the Urim and the Thurim. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember what that is, but they were two little stones that the priest would keep. One was white, one was black. And uh, it was almost a way to like communicate with God whether his answers were yes or no. If one of the two stones were chosen, it would mean either yes or no. So maybe they used that method as well to choose the location of Shiloh. But we do know that God had said that he would choose the location. So it's pretty fitting, honestly, that he chose Shiloh. But anyway, back to the story. So these seven tribes refused to go out and claim their portions of land. And Joshua gets mad. Here's what he says. Joshua said to the children of Israel, how long will you neglect to go in and possess the land which Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has given you? So he gets angry. You can see that Joshua is like, what are you guys doing? Stop living off of each other. Go out and do what you're supposed to do. It might be work to have to go do that. But how much better is it going to feel? How much better is it going to be when you have the land that God has given you? It's very interesting. People have a tendency to really flock together. Consistently throughout scripture, you're going to see that God definitely wanted the people to spread, definitely wanted people to go places. I mean, even the Great Commission, Jesus says to the disciples, don't just remain in one place, go out and spread the gospel to every person. So it's pretty consistent that God asks people to spread out. And even now, here, Joshua is prodding the rest of the tribes to go and spread out the way God commanded them to do so. So anyway, Joshua now says that he's going to send some men out to survey the rest of the promised land and write everything down, write boundaries down, write borders down, write mountains down, lakes, rivers, whatever might be in the area. And then he's going to divide it among the rest of the tribes of Israel and so that's what happens it says the men went out passed throughout the rest of the land and surveyed it by cities into the seven portions in a book they came to Joshua to the camp at Shiloh so now that the men have recorded everything in the rest of the promised land it says that Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before Yahweh and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. So casting lots was another way people used to communicate with God. And they would see like which lot fell on who. And and God used this sometimes. You'll see that with the story of Achan and his family, God actually told Joshua, I'm going to help you find the culprit by you casting lots, basically. And so that was a way God would communicate with his people off and on throughout the Old Testament. So it says, Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh. And then it goes into the different tribes. And it talks first about the tribe of the children of Benjamin. So Benjamin was actually the smallest tribe. And I am kicking myself because. In the book of Numbers, I believe it was, when we talked about how big each tribe was, I wrote all that information down and did not keep it. I threw it away, and I don't know why I did that because it would have helped me very greatly <laughs> to, uh, to have that information in front of me. So I looked it up and I was able to find it relatively easily, but I had so many more notes that I'm just so sad that I just threw out. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? But okay benjamin was the smallest of all the tribes and it's pretty interesting how benjamin is laid out if you're looking at this map that i put in the description here you're gonna see benjamin had a small amount of land it had some big cities though you're gonna see jerusalem jericho and a handful of others but the big thing is notice where benjamin is located It is located right above the tribe of judah which was the biggest and most powerful tribe by a long shot and it was also located underneath ephraim and manasseh which were both the tribe of joseph right and they also were a huge huge tribe just about as big as judah i think i said the other day i'm very sorry about this that manasseh and ephraim together were bigger than judah But after doing more research into that, because once again, I threw away my notes of (laughs) what when I did my research initially, they were just as big as Judah. They were not they were not bigger than Judah. They were just about the same exact size as the tribe of Judah together. But notice how Benjamin is between the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Joseph. And so little tiny Benjamin is being protected by two of the bigger tribes. And so it's kind of cool how Benjamin was, was properly placed. So it goes into Benjamin and all the cities here, if you go back to Joshua 18, and it talks about all of that. Now, of course, you can read that with a map, but I'm going to move on to Joshua 19 here and talk about the next tribes. So it says that the second lot came out for Simeon. And if you remember Simeon, Simeon was actually a cursed tribe. Because Jacob's son, Simeon, went out and basically committed genocide. This was not a good thing. It was never claimed in scripture to be a good thing. And Simeon was cursed because of what he did. And so the tribe of Simeon was considered to be a cursed tribe that was going to scatter among the nations. So look at this. Look at at where Simeon is located. If you're seeing the map, it's located right in the middle of Judah, In the tribe of Judah. Simeon is right there in the middle. And what ended up happening was over time, Simeon barely was a tribe anymore. It basically just got integrated into the tribe of Judah. And so Simeon didn't even have its own land anymore. And that prophecy of Simeon being cursed and having to be scattered among the the tribes ended up being true because over time, the tribe of Judah basically just engulfed the tribe of of Simeon. And so the third lot now is the tribe of Zebulun. And Zebulun was a blessed tribe. It actually said that Zebulun was going to own a lot of ships and that ended up happening. Zebulun was near the north of the tribes and it had a nice, beautiful river. That attached from Zebulun to the Mediterranean Sea, and so Zebulun ended up being a ship, a shipping tribe, basically. And uh, Zebulun also had the famous city of Nazareth, <laughs> where we know of Jesus. So yes, Zebulun was a blessed tribe, and uh, it's just really cool how all of this is working out with prophecy that was written like hundreds of years before the tribes were even broken up, before the tribes even really existed. So then the fourth lot came out for Issachar, and Issachar was right next to Zebulun. And if I'm being 100% honest, I don't really know of anything that Issachar did. It was a mid-sized tribe. And honestly, there's really not much to note about the tribe of Issachar. So moving forward to the last two tribes in Joshua 19, it talks about the fifth lot came out to the tribe of Asher according to their families. And it talks about the border there. If you look at the map, Asher was at the very north. And there's not much also to note about Asher other than Anna, the famous prophetess in the New Testament, was from the tribe of Asher. Then Naphtali was the sixth lot. And the Naphtali tribe was right next to Asher, like side by side. And it was also one of the most northern areas of Israel. Now, Naphtali ended up bordering Dan. We're going to read about Dan in a second. That's the one tribe we haven't talked about yet. And uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But Naphtali ended up bordering Dan at one point in time. But the only famous thing to note about the tribe of Naphtali is that Jesus likely did a lot of work in the tribe of Naphtali and possibly even preached the Sermon on the Mount in the tribe of Naphtali. But the last one is the tribe of Dan. And Dan is notorious because he was also a cursed tribe and he ended up getting split. So Dan was right next to the sea, originally right near Benjamin. So like kind of right in the middle of the promised land was Dan. But then later on, Dan actually migrated north. And so there was two areas of Dan. And so Dan migrated north right above Asher and Naphtali, ended up taking that land there. And Dan was extremely corrupt, possibly because Dan ended up being so north that they were like touching the Armenian area and they started worshiping other gods. And so those other gods ended up making their way down south towards the other tribes of Israel. And Dan did a lot to help that along. So Dan was a cursed tribe and this tribe helped Israel, helped (laughs) them fall into idolatry. So that's the breaking up of all of the different tribes, the last ones that were left, and these tribes ended up taking their land. We're going to talk more about that when we get into the book of Judges, about some of the struggles each of these tribes encountered. But the last little bit here is verses 49 through 51 of Joshua chapter 19. It says, So they finished distributing the land for an inheritance by its borders. The children of Israel gave an inheritance to Joshua, the son of Nun, among them. According to Yahweh's commandment, they gave him the city which he asked, even Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, and he built the city and he lived there. These are the inheritances which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the father's houses of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for an inheritance by lot in Shiloh before Yahweh at the door of the Ten of Meeting. So they finished dividing the land. Have you guys ever heard the saying, leaders eat last? This is basically what Joshua did because he was a fantastic leader. He didn't just go take whatever land he wanted for himself before any of the other tribes got theirs. He waited till the very end to take his inheritance of land. He waited because that is what a good leader does. Leaders eat last. And Joshua is a fantastic leader. And so that's kind of what I wanted to mention there is that finally now all the divvying up of the land is done. Joshua gets his inheritance as well as Eliezer the priest and the leaders of the tribe of Israel. And so it's good to look at scriptural verses like this that talk about leadership and what a leader is really supposed to be. And I think Joshua is a fantastic leader that truly shows biblical leadership. But if you guys are interested in learning more about Jacob blessing or cursing his sons or rather the tribes of israel that is found in genesis chapter 49 i should have mentioned this earlier but i actually like to talk about uh, shiloh just for a moment once again because the city of shiloh where the ten of meeting was placed right here in joshua 18 is mentioned in genesis chapter 49 where jacob is giving these blessings or cursings to his children So here's what it says in Genesis 49, verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from before his feet, or between his feet, I'm sorry, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. So Shiloh was actually another name for Jesus as well, which is super duper cool. And the tent of meeting, the worship place before Jesus even came down to earth, was in the city of Shiloh. So it's all connected. All of scripture is just connected so well. And that's why I personally believe in it because it just is so consistent. The New Testament is consistent with the Old Testament and vice versa. And so many prophecies were fulfilled and so much historical evidence proves scripture. And so that's why I believe in the scriptures. But faithful listeners, let me know what you did this weekend for the 4th of July. I'd love to hear from you. So contact me. You're going to find my contact information in the description of this podcast episode. But also check out the other stuff I've got going on in the description as well. I have my Out of the Mire devotional on version now. So please check that out and join along in reading Out of the Mire, which talks about the life of Joseph, which was um, ironically enough the tribe of Joseph, the the name of the guy that started the tribe of Joseph. So check that out. That is linked in the description of this podcast episode. Faithful listeners, I will see you all bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of John. Until then, happy listening and God bless.